So my name's Louise. Quite recently, I've started to help Selwyn lead the nine o'clock uh, service over in the lounge. It's a really great service. I do encourage you to come and join us if you're up that early. Today, we are looking at the fourth in the series of the I Am statements that Jesus declares in the book of John. And today we're looking at I am the good shepherd. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was Simon that mentioned something about shepherds and being Welsh. And uh, I think I am Welsh. Although you wouldn't know it from my accent, but if I was speaking to my family on the phone, you definitely would see the difference. Um, But I don't know anything about sheep except I know what they look like, so I've seen a lot. Um, I could tell you a lot about the mining industry and living in a, in a, um, a community that revolved around uh, pits and coal mining, but um, nothing about sheep necessarily. So I'm going to read the passage and then I'm going to pray for us. So this is on page uh, 1016, it's John 10 from verse 11 through to verse 21. I always on the, in the nine o'clock have to give people a chance to find it because I'm always like scrabbling to find it while people are talking. So verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, He's demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of someone possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? I always say when I speak, actually it's, it's our responsibility, what we hear from God about being open-hearted So I'd really want to pray for us that um, God speaks to us through his word. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that it is a light into our feet and a light to our path. Father, thank you that even the smallest phrase 
with your spirit can change our lives completely. And I pray, Father, that each one of us hears from you tonight in a new way that means that somehow our lives and our spiritual lives with you for the journey changes. In Jesus' name, amen. So I guess... uh, it's right, I know nothing about sheep. I, I wish I could say that I, you know, I had family that were sheep farmers, but I don't. But the whole idea of um, being a good shepherd is not something that is familiar to us in the way that it's familiar to the people in first century Palestine. They would have lived in a community where they saw shepherds all the time. And it might seem to us, I can remember a few years ago, I was a a youth and families pastor in a church in Cambridge, and I did a whole series for the young people on the I Am Sayings of Jesus. And it appears to us, doesn't it, it's one of the most familiar passages from the Bible that people recognize, along with like John John 3.16, or the passage in Corinthians about love, or the 23rd Psalm. A lot of people would recognize the phrase, Jesus is the good shepherd. But actually, if you look at it in the Bible, you can see that this is not a fluffy phrase, the way that we sometimes um, teach it to children. This was Jesus really challenging the religious leaders of the day. He was really unhappy with the way that they were leading the church because the people were frightened of them. And we see that because there'd been a series of events that had happened. So the the religious leaders had come to Jesus and they were a bit cross with him and they said, look, you're challenging us, but our father is Abraham, talking about their ancestors. And he said, and this was the beginning of the I am statements of Jesus, he said, well, before Abraham was, I am. And the the religious leaders would have recognized that as um, a statement to do with the Messiah. That was the one that, that the nation of Israel had been waiting for to come and deliver them from the hands of the Romans. They would have recognized that as the one from God They were not happy that he said that. And you can see it in the Bible. They pick up stones to stone him, and he gets away. So he has declared in words towards them that he is the one that everybody is waiting for. But then he does something incredible. So having declared it in words, he then declares it in action. So on the Sabbath, when they're totally not supposed to do any work at all, on the Sabbath, Jesus heals a man that was born blind. So he's blind from birth. They were furious that he'd done that because now not only had he said that he was the one that everybody was waiting for, but he'd shown by performing a miracle that actually that was, he backed it up. So their answer was not to kind of accept, okay, well, maybe he is. So they they got the man in and they tried to get him to say that he wasn't, he had never really been blind from birth. To try and 
uh, make it look like a trick. But he said, no, I have been. I was blind from birth and now I can see. So they called in his parents and said, so was he blind from birth? And actually it's really interesting and this is where we can see that the people were frightened of their leaders because his parents say, oh, don't ask us, ask him. He's old enough to answer you, ask him. And then the phrase in the word of God says, because they were frightened of the religious leaders, because they'd already said, if you support Jesus, we are going to put you out of the synagogue. So the whole idea that Jesus was the good shepherd was in direct opposition to the kind of leadership that they were experiencing every day from the ones that were supposed to be looking out for them. So when we look at the good, when Jesus describes himself as the good shepherd, he is speaking into that situation. So two things are going on. As he starts to talk about what that good shepherd looks like, the ordinary people have the idea of the shepherds that they saw on the hillsides, the shepherds that would journey with the flocks to take them to any place that was necessary for them. If it was too cold, the shepherds would take the flocks down into the valley where the air was cooler. If it was too hot, they would take them up onto the mountains where the air was cooler. They would spend their whole time protecting the flock. And that's why Jesus made that distinction between him as the good shepherd that wouldn't leave the sheep when things got rough, wouldn't put it them, wouldn't put it, Um, that he wouldn't put himself first, like the shepherds, um, like the religious leaders, putting themselves first. So the, the normal people, the ordinary people would have that example. However, the religious leaders were being challenged at the same time. So when he said, I am the good shepherd, In their minds, they were thinking about all the times in the Old Testament law where um, the one that was supposed to come from God was described as a shepherd. All the times in Isaiah, the passages in Ezekiel, Ezekiel 34. If you get the chance, an incredible passage talks about the shepherd In Zechariah, where it talks about the one from God who is like a shepherd. And of course, they would always have in their mind as well their ancestors. So Abraham was a shepherd when God called him. So was Jacob. Jacob was a shepherd. So was Moses. And Moses led his people just like a flock out of captivity into a new land or into the wilderness, but out of captivity. So there were these two strands going on at the same time. So this wasn't just kind of a nice bit of teaching. This was really challenging to the religious leaders of the day. And 
As I said this morning, I think sometimes we need to be real, don't we? So there may be people here who have been hurt by church leaders or religious leaders or even leaders in where you work, where they've been the kind of leaders that have put themselves first, that have not led well. It is really important to God how we lead. If we lead with integrity and with compassion, with care, I can say this, for a, for a long while before I started working for the church, I was a deputy head teacher. And so I've been a leader and I've also worked for leaders. And so I would say to anybody who's been hurt by leaders that tonight would be the opportunity to give that to Jesus. Because those things damage our relationship with God, when we carry them around, it affects us. It affects our levels of trust. But Jesus is the good shepherd. We can trust the journey that we are on because we can trust the shepherd. And, and Jesus goes on to talk about, so the um, regular people would have seen the shepherds in their locality, they would have been familiar with the way that shepherds led their flock. Jesus says, first of all, I am the good shepherd. I lay my life down for the sheep. And we know that because we have hindsight. We know in just a short amount of time, Jesus is going to give his life up to change life for good for everybody. And when he gives up his life and dies on the cross, he changes the nature of, of the relationship that we have with God forever. So before that, in the Old Testament, God came upon people, the Holy Spirit came upon people for a purpose. People didn't have the kind of relationship with God that we can have, that was only as a result of Jesus paying the price for the things that we have done. I mean, we have hindsight. We can see that that's what's going to happen, and that's what did happen. But again, that, that would fit in with the picture of the one that they were waiting for from the Old Testament, that he would give his life a sacrifice once and for all. But sometimes as Christians, we kind of, we leave it there, don't we? We think, well, that's great. I've become a Christian. I've accepted that. I know that Jesus died for me. Um, I said yes to God. I said yes to kind of following him. But actually, Jesus is still helping us. The Bible says that he sits at the right hand of the Father interceding for us. He lays his life down for us once and for all, but then he is involved in our lives in as much as we allow him to lead us and take us on that journey. 
The second thing he says in his word, he says that I know my own and they know me. Because we, each of us, have a completely unique journey that Jesus is taking us on. It's going to be different for each one of us. I can remember I became a Christian quite a long time ago. It's like 33 years ago. I was counting it up the other day. And when I became a Christian, I, um, I wasn't from a Christian family. I was from quite a deprived part of the Welsh Valleys. There was faith in my family, sort of back. But nobody really was going to church. And um, some friends of mine took me along to... When I said that this morning, I thought afterwards that a lot of people wouldn't know who Billy Graham was. <laughs> Billy Graham was a really famous evangelist. So I, some friends of mine took me when I was 17, my 16 and a half, it mattered back then, um, took me to a, a meeting, huge meeting in Cardiff, what was Cardiff Arms Park. Um, I became a Christian, but I became a Christian like really kind of strongly. So I didn't kind of, I wasn't kind of a bit, you know, shall I go to church? You know, shall I? I was like, I was at church every week. My two friends that took me, I was like insatiable about the word of God. So we used to go through commentary after commentary. We used to meet, I mean, 17-year-old, three 17-year-old girls meeting like probably twice a week to go through different books of the Bible and um, I'm sure at some point they were like Louise give it a rest will you please but I was I just had a love for the word of God and that has been true ever since actually and um, my journey was going to be very different from theirs I remember I've only ever had well, I'd say three dreams that I know that are from God. And the, the one was when I was about 17 years old. I remember it so vivid, I can remember it. I can remember it in so much detail even today. So I was stood at the top of a mountain. There was me, which is very familiar, if kind of for people in Wales. I was stood on the top of a mountain. With, there was me and my two friends that I did the Bible studies with. And out of the top of this mountain came what looked like a roller coaster track. And it came up and did this loop the loop and then disappeared up into the clouds. And as you looked at it, it was glistening with ice. It was kind of really frosty. It looked dangerous. And in my dream, I can remember hearing God say to me, you can stay on this mountain if you want with your friends, but actually the journey that I have for you is up there. And I can, I can remember thinking, in my dream I can remember thinking, that looks really scary. And then he said, and sometimes you'll be holding on with one hand and that has turned out to be true. I said to God, yeah, I don't want it. I want what you want for me. My journey is the journey that you have for me. And actually, it's turned out to be true. And sometimes, 
it's felt like I've been holding on with one finger, let alone one hand. But it's true for each one of us. God has a journey for you. He knows you. He wants you to know him on the journey. You can trust the journey because you can trust the shepherd because he is a good shepherd. And then finally he says, and I love this, I have other sheep that are not from this flock. I need to bring them into the sheep hold. This is us. We are in this story. Jesus was talking about us. And that's amazing because that includes us and it, ha- and it doesn't stop. There are still people that God wants to bring in to his flock. There are still people to which this scripture applies. Thank goodness for Paul who God used to bring in those nations that were not part of the people of Israel because that's God's plan was not just for Israel, it was for the whole world to know him. I was, um, I, I was really hesitant to talk about the rugby this morning. And I feel I can say it because I'm Welsh, so kind of we went out before you did. So um, do you have my empathy? I come from a, I do, I do know a lot about rugby, actually. I come from a big rugby-playing family. And um, I was in Canary Wharf, not this kind of, this Saturday just gone, the Saturday before, and I was watching the England match. Um, I think it was the All Blacks, because I'm a massive All Blacks fan. I know, I'm sorry. After Wales, it's the All Blacks which is like, it's not a popular thing to say in England. Um, I was watching the match, I was there on my own. It was early in the morning, it's like nine o'clock kickoff. I was there on my own. And, um, well, there's other people there. And I was just having a cup of coffee and watching the match and trying not to get too excited. And um, the manager came over at the end and said to me, did you enjoy the match? I said, well, I'm not really that bothered about this match. I just wanted to see who Wales might end up playing. Because, you know, I'd be, it'd be the match tomorrow that I'm interested in. And he said, will you be back tomorrow? And I thought, in that moment, you can, well, I can say, oh, well, no, I'm busy tomorrow, because it was a Sunday. But I, I thought, right, this is my chance. I said, well, actually, no, because I'm speaking at church tomorrow, because I was speaking at the nine. Um, and just waited, you know, to see how I was speaking at church tomorrow. And it opened up this whole conversation with the manager there called um, Amir, who is from Lithuania, who is a, a, a Christian. His family had moved from Lithuania, hadn't found a church yet. And um, I was able to share with him, because he said to me, you know, it's really tough for Christians, and there's not many of us, is there? And we had this whole conversation about, well, actually, you need to get into a church, and then you'll be part of a family. You know, we're designed to be together, not separate. And that's 
that is still God's heart. He has other people that he wants to bring into the flock. And we can be part of that, our friends, our families, people that we meet on the street, if we're brave enough to kind of mention about our faith. So tonight, you may be somebody that needs to put down some of the hurts that you felt from leaders. You may be a leader. I would really encourage you that God cares about how you lead and wants to help. He wants to help you to lead well and to have people at the core of everything that you do. You might be somebody that needs to find out from God again about your journey. What, you know, to look, track back, look at how God has led you and commit yourself again because you can trust the journey because you can trust the shepherd. I just want to pray for us. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are our good shepherd. That what was true in first century Palestine is still true today. You were talking to us about your character and your nature, that you are trustworthy. We know, Lord, that others can sometimes let us down. And Father, we want to bring that before you tonight. Father, for, for those of us that are wondering about our journey, maybe our journey seems really tough at the moment. It feels like we're being led into the valley. Now, Father, you know what we need because you know us. And we can trust the journey that we're on because we can trust you. And for those of us, Lord, that need to be bold in talking about you being our shepherd, Father, the world really needs a shepherd right now, a good shepherd that leads us well. Help us, Father, to point people in your direction because you never let us down. In Jesus' name, amen.